we'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for August 31st, 2014. And today, first report I'm going to be covering uh, deals with something that just came out today. I've mentioned this type of information on many, on many occasions, but I just thought I should cover this. And it's entitled, Myth of the Arctic Meltdown. Stunning satellite images show summer ice cap is thicker and covers 1.7 million square kilometers more than just two years ago. Despite Al Gore's prediction, it would be ice-free by now. And again, this is one of the main, the whole climate change issue is one of the main, uh, I would almost say it is the main tenet that they will ultimately try to use to say you need to have all of your rights taken away. They want to have a Hunger Games-like world. And the movie, The Hunger Games, is what I'm referring to. That's I think that's about as close to what Satan would like to see on planet Earth um, for our future. Because, you know, in that, guys, you're herded into these small cities. There's an ultra-elite, ultra-poor... Um, barbaric type of of mentality, and, and a lot of that, I believe, will be that you know there'll be these big, vast corridors of wilderness, um, which will be um, from their legal standpoint, they will they will not allow you to live in them. And they've already got the maps and all of those things that I've gone over before. And this is one of the main lies they will try to use in order to justify that. So. I think it's important to point out the lies because it's like everything they're saying and predicting is all backfiring. It's not coming to pass. In fact, the exact opposite is coming to pass. We had the coldest winter in the last plus 100 years. I know at least in, I believe, North America this last winter. Um, the summer has been uh, actually very cold as well. And um, comparatively. So, this starts out by saying the speech by former U.S. Vice President Al Gore was apocalyptic. He says, the North Polar Ice Cap is falling off a cliff, he said. It could be completely gone in the, in the summer in as little as seven years. Seven years from now. Those comments came in 2007. Now, that was seven years ago. So... By all rights, according to Devil Boy Gore, uh, you know, we shouldn't even have a polar ice cap. But it's 1.7 million kilometers bigger than it was just two years ago. So he's a little off on his prediction there. Just slightly. Uh, this He said those comments in 2007 as he was accepting the Nobel Peace Prize for his campaigning on climate change, just like Obama got a Nobel Prize. I mean, it's, it's like, okay, the bigger the devil, the more likelihood, especially in today's day and age, you, you'll get a Nobel Peace Prize. The bigger the lies you spew, the more you sell out to Satan, the more chance that you're going to win a Nobel Peace Prize. So, um, that's what puts you in the running there. But seven years after his warning, the, the Mail, the publication in the Mail, on Sunday revealed that far from vanishing, the Arctic ice cap has expanded for the second year in succession, with a surge, depending on how you measure it, of between 43 and 
since 2012. That's because different <clears throat> agencies uh, rate it, I guess, or document it. But <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's either it's somewhere between 43 and 63 percent increase. That's huge. You know, five percent would be significant. 43 to 63 in two years. Here's a map that they put out that actually shows in um, reds and purples the actual Arctic ice cap. And you're looking at August 25th, 2014 compared to August 25th, 2012. And you've got um, 5.62 million square kilometers of uh, ice cap now, which is an increase of at least 43%, um, which is the size of Alaska. To, to put that in perspective, Alaska. If you ever looked at Alaska on a map, you know, it's by far the biggest state in the United States. I mean, dwarfs Texas. And so this is what we're looking at here. It's increased that much. Um, and then it shows you the picture of what it looked like in 2012, which you can just see it's, it was uh, quite a bit smaller. So to put it another way, an area the size of Alaska, America's biggest state, was open waters two years ago. But it is again now covered by ice. The most widely used measurements of the Arctic ice extent are the daily satellite readings issued by the U.S. National Snow and Ice Data Center, which is co-funded by NASA. These reveal that last Monday, August 25th, the area of the Arctic Ocean with at least 15% ice cover was 5.62 million square kilometers. I'm really surprised knowing that Satan controls organizations like NASA, and I mean, I could do a whole study exposing their wickedness. And and they, they control, for the most part, the people that do this type of monitoring. And I'm really surprised they would let this information get out. Because this, this is one of their, I don't know what you want to call it, this is like right at the spear tip of their justification for taking away our rights, for carbon taxes, and, and for um, you know making everybody go green, and, and this and that, and... and um, I'm not saying it's good to destroy the environment, but the people that are that are trying to impose all of these things on us are the very ones that are the chief violators of destroying the environment. They're the ones that are suppressing the um, alternative and the free energy systems that are have been available. Um, and they're the ones that pay to kill the people that like invent cars that can run on water or carburetors that can get like 400 and some miles to the gallon. And this goes all the way back, you know, into the 70s and the 60s, you know, to protect the big oil interests. They are the ones that are keeping us in bondage. The most widely, um, okay, I'm sorry, you read that. This was the highest level recorded on that date since 2006 and represents an increase of 1.7 million square miles over the past two years. Um, other figures from Danish meteorological meteorological institute suggests that the growth has been even more dramatic using a different measure the area with which with at least 30 percent ice cover these reveal a 63 percent rise from 2.7 million to 4.4 million square kilometers so maybe if 
if anything, the NASA figures were the most conservative, uh, I guess, damaging, because this is saying it's a 63% increase in polar ice caps. The satellite images published here are taken from a further authoritative source, the University of Illinois' Cryosphere Project. They show that as well as becoming more extensive, the ice has grown more concentrated, with the purple areas denoting regions where the ice pack is most dense, increasing markedly. So not only have they expanded, but the thickness of the ice has increased markedly. And I don't even know how you could even really measure that. Um, as far as, okay, how much more ice are we talking about here? And again, yeah, you can if you look at these two maps, and this will be on the PDF for August 31st, to, August 31st 2014 at contendingfortruth.com. It's free PDF I put out every week uh, that will coincide with the audio teachings. You can see the area of dark purple is much larger than the 2012 figures. So, I mean, man, who knows? How much more ice is actually up there now? Okay, so let's go further here. Uh, Crucially, the ice is also thicker, therefore more resilient to future melting. There have been... uh, I heard that there was a... uh, Was it Winnipeg? just heard this the other day on the news, mainstream news. There was uh, a... And I can even say here in North Carolina... You know, if, if you live anywhere where there's any kind of snow, and, and normally, like, uh, I mean, we got a lot of snow this year, way more than any other year since I've been up here, and I've only been up here for four years, but it was quite a bit more, and they'll take the snow, and they'll plow it together in, like, parking lots and stuff to try to clear the way. Well, I can remember there being ice banks of, of snow where they had mounted up the snow, I mean, well into spring, here in North Carolina. In the parking lots. I'm like, man, when's that thing ever going to melt? I mean, this is multiple places you drive. Well, I heard, I I believe it was this last week, uh, even a place in Winnipeg, where they had done that, where they had stacked the snow. It still hasn't melted. (laughs) We're all the way, way into summer, approaching fall, and it still hasn't melted. They're predicting it won't even melt all the way, because they're getting too close to when it starts to cool down. And it'll actually carry over. Well, this is the exact same concept. When the, when you have ice caps expanding and then becoming much thicker, they're going to be more resilient to future melting. Uh, yet for years, many have been claiming that the Arctic is an irrevocable death is in a irrevocable death spiral with imminent uh, ice-free summers bound to trigger um, further disasters. And this is why the polar bears are all in um, therapy and taking Prozac and, and uh, depressed. Because, you know, they know this is coming and, and they're having a hard time dealing with it. Penguins, too. Anyway, just kidding. Uh, these include gigantic releases of methane into the atmosphere from frozen Arctic deposits and accelerated global warming caused by the fact that heat from the sun will no longer be reflected back by the ice into space. Uh, they're, that's, they're saying that this is what this death spiral was going to be. All of this increased uh, releases of methane into the atmosphere. Because uh, as the ice melts, then it's going to release all this methane and just annihilate us all. And you know, and again, this is all acting like God's not in control. You know, 
which is all of these these climatologists and these these environmentalists and these people that are are what this is really about is just totally stripping of of our rights and taxing us into oblivion, creating an ultra elite and an ultra poor class. That's really what this is about: taking away private ownership of land and all of your rights and imposing more and more ever increasing laws so that you know you can't even hardly breathe without violating some kind of one of their devil laws. Well, you know, um, that's pretty much what this is all about. And it's actually the exact opposite of what they're saying is going to happen, is happening, the exact opposite here. Uh, Judith Curry, professor of Earth and Atmospheric Sciences at Georgia Institute of Technology in Atlanta, said last night, the Arctic Sea ice spiral of death seems to have reversed. Well, my word. (laughs) Kali G. Can you imagine that happening? So, those who, just a few years ago, were warning of ice-free summers by 2014, you know, I had already booked my um, Caribbean-type style vacation to the polar ice cap for this year, because I remember in 2007 when Al Gore said that, I said, well, hey, it'll probably be like the Caribbean by 2014, so I had already booked my plane tickets, and, and, and imagine my disappointment when 2014 rolls around, and, and I realize, you know, man, I mean, the polar, it's, it's thicker, it's, it's went up by at least 43%. I can't go up there and, and you know, have a Caribbean-style-like vacation. It's just not fair. Anyway, sorry. Um, so, they were warning of this ice-free summer, <laughs> ice-free summers by 2014, uh, This was included by U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry. Um, Man, is he creepy looking. Wow. Who made the same bogus prediction in 2009, while Mr. Gore, who literally carries bags of blood with him wherever he goes. I don't know if you knew that. I think because he says he's a hemophiliac, but I think he might have a penchant like most people in the Illuminati for drinking human blood. Hey, it's just my theory. Anyway, call me crazy. Anyway, while Mr. Gore has repeated it numerous times, notably in a speech to world leaders at UN Climate Conference in Copenhagen in 2009, in an effort to persuade them to agree to a new emissions treaty. Um, Gore said, the ice cap is falling off a cliff. It could be completely gone in as little seven years from now. Mr. Gore, whose office yesterday failed to respond to a request for comment, oh, I, I can't imagine why, but then they, they did, they insisted that, quote, there is a 75% chance that the entire polar ice cap during some of the summer months could be completely ice-free now within five to seven years. So he's pushing ahead his timetable because evidently things didn't quite work out the way he planned. So now the devil has the audacity to say, well... Yeah, I got it wrong, and I'm a liar, I'm a fork-tongued devil liar from the pit of hell. True, this is all true, but there's still a 75% chance that the entire polar ice cap during some of the summer months could be completely ice-free within five to seven years. I mean, it still could happen, right? So, so devil boy over here has the audacity to come back with this statement, because he can't, he can't admit he's wrong. You know, even though he ha- is clearly wrong, clearly, 100%. I mean, it's not even like, you know, okay, it's still the same. 
No, it's increased exponentially here, just about. Up to a 63% increase in just the last two years. So, it's not even close. Misleading, as such forecasts are, some people continue to make them only last month while giving evidence to a House of Lords Select Committee inquiry on the Arctic. Cambridge University's professor, Peter Wadhams, claimed that although the Arctic is not ice-free this year, it will be by September fifth uh, by September of 2015. Oh, really? We're going to lose the whole polar ice cap by next September. What a bold, bold prediction, Mister Professor Peter Wadhams. I mean that that is really, really. Um, you're really using your noodle there, my man. You are really, really using it. I mean, what is your IQ? Is it like, I don't know, 1,700? you got to be brilliant to make a prediction like that, considering that in the last two years, it went up anywhere from 43 to 63%, and who knows how much the actual thickness went up. Which would make it even harder for that prediction to come to pass. But, yeah, it's all going to be gone by September 15th of next year. Of, of uh, I'm sorry, September of 2015. Figures lie and liars figure is pretty much the explanation I would have for that. But again, they cannot give up this narrative because it is one of the chief ways they will use or try to use to strip humanity of all of its rights and tax it into oblivion and make create an ultra-elite and ultra-slave class. This is the backbone of that. So... Whatever we can do as Christians to reprove this unfruitful works, uh, work of darkness, which the Bible tells us to do, I think the better. Educating people and getting this type of information out. This is a, this was the number, well, it was, um, I would say it was the number two report on Drudge today. I'm really surprised they let this out. Now, I've heard tons of stuff like this, but this is just, to the point of being so in your face. Anyway, I wanted to cover that because I thought that was noteworthy. And I really haven't done a lot on that in the uh, the teachings I've done over the years. So let's switch gears. And I've had a lot of inquiries lately about the one world religion, the coming one world religion, that really, again, as I've said in the past, all 501c3 or corporate churches, whether they're in, you know, Tonga, or the United States, or wherever they be, any type of church that's yoked up with the government, that is like a train. And every single one of those denominations, whatever they may be, whether they're the first church of Satan, or whether they're a Christian denomination, they're all on the same track, going to the same station, and that station arrives at the one world religion, under the Antichrist and false prophet during the tribulation period. And unless you get off that train at some point, because the government gave you your right to exist, they literally gave you the, the reason that you could operate under this 501c3 corporate status, or, or whether it's some other type of corporate status in another country, unless you get off that train at some point, you're going to pull up at that station eventually. You're going to be forced to accept the terms of the one world religion under Antichrist and False Prophet. 
It's just a matter of time. And every, pretty much every every report I've ever done to report on this since we've been online in 2006, bears that up, shows that thing to be true. It's, it's, it's becoming more and more flagrantly obvious that that is exactly what is going to happen. Now we have this rash of, of um, we're going to be talking about three different temples that are being built now in different parts of the world to unite all the, well, the three main monotheistic religions in particular seems to be the target. Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Okay? And here's the first one. Berlin to build the very first temple of Chrislam for the one world religion. Now, Chrislam, again, is is what the, the, the main... Uh, devil at the spear tip that really got this ball rolling to try to unite Christianity with Islam is Rick Warren. And just key in Rick or Warren in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com and I've reported on that devil many, many times. And um, the, the thing that's cool about it is if you do that, if you key in like Warren, his name will be highlighted wherever it's mentioned in the table of contents. Now, in some of my older studies, when we had when we had the comments section going, if they commented on his name a lot, that might show up because of that reason. So it might not have been something I talked about. So in the older ones, it, you kind of have to weed that out when you click on them. But here we have, today's bombshell is the natural next step in the evolution of the one world religion. A temple calling uh, to call the very own. And where better to build the abomination than in that city that is most famous for introducing the world to Adolf Hitler and the Holocaust, but in Berlin, Germany. Now, I'm not coming down on Berlin, Germany. This is just the way the guy worded this. Um, but it, it, it is true that that was the case, though. I mean, I am probably mostly German, actually, in my lineage. So, um, anyway, they are calling it the, quote, House of One. And it is just that, the world's three major religions under one roof where they will, at first, worship in separate compartments within the complex, but then they will all come together to find that oh-so-elusive common ground that Rick Warren is such a fan of. Uh, the BBC report, now here's an actual picture of what it's going to look like if you want to see a picture, and there's also links you can click on. And these things are really grandiose. I mean... Heavy duty, probably billions of dollars going into these structures. The BBC reports that an architecture competition has been held and the winner chosen. The striking design is for a brick building with a tall square central tower. I guess this is the winner here pictured on the PDF I have. Uh, Off the courtyard below will be the houses of worship for the three faiths. The synagogue, the church, and the mosque. You know, match made in hell. Uh, it is to occupy a prominent site, the Petroplatz, in the heart of Berlin. The location is highly significant, according to one of the three religious leaders involved, Rabbi Tovi ben Shorin. He says, from my Jewish point of view, the city where Jewish suffering was planned is now the city where a center is being built by the three monotheistic religions which shaped European culture. He told the BBC, the imam involved with the Muslim part, Kadir Sansi, 
sees the, quote, House of One as a sign and a signal to the world that the great majority of Muslims are peaceful and not violent. Remember I've discussed this a lot? Then if that's the case, why aren't all of these peaceful, non-violent Muslims protesting like crazy over the fact that you've got groups like Hamas and ISIS, and Al-Qaeda, and Boko Haram, and all of these devils out there killing, particularly Christians, in mass, chopping off the heads of little girls and little boys, and, and doing all, raping, pillaging, I mean, just this week. I'm, I'm going to put this email out. For, <laughs> here, here, here's my reports. from just These are just the titles for this week, some of the titles, for this week, on the Christian newsletter that I will be putting out soon, uh, report, 1,400 sex abuse cases in one town. Guess where they're all coming from? Islam. UK horrific revelations, how the fear of being called a racist prevented social workers from rescuing up to 14 mostly white girl children from sexual abuse and exploitation by Muslim sex grooming gangs in just one town in the UK. One town. 1,400. One girl, she was only raped 90 times in one weekend that they interviewed. Just one. And there's 1,400 of them that they know of. White girls. This is, this is, this is Islam. This is the fruit of Islam. They're, they really truly are a religion of peace. And, and you know what? Because we have this temple where all of you apostate, heretical, Pagan devils want to go and, and, and place footsies with one another and, 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 and snuggle up together or whatever. That makes it all right to me. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter all of the other fruit I obviously see. All the rapes and the beheadings and the genital mutilations of your own little girls and the child brides and, and all of the mass killings for no reason whatsoever other than the Quran telling you to do so. Oh, all of that I'll just ignore, of course. Because, you know, this one thing makes up for everything. You know, here, more, more, um, headlines. ISIS school for boys teaches beheadings and stonings. So send your little head, your, your, your little Johnny to our school and we'll teach him how to behead and stone and kill the infidel. Nigeria, Islamic jihadists behead six year old boy because he was a Christian. Well, hey, what does the Quran say? In 47 verse 4, when you meet the unbelievers, strike the necks. Okay, it says to kill and slay the infidel. What is an infidel? A non-believer in Islam. So they're just, they're just being true to their faith. This is why I believe a big part of it is that, number one, the moderate Muslims, all they are are cover. They are nothing but a Trojan horse to usher Islam in. It's, it's lawful and wonderful thing to lie in Islam. And the, and the moderate Muslims are the biggest liars out there because they bring in their little Trojan horse into whatever country they're When they first come, they all play, all play nice and they're not. But boy, it's kind of funny. Every single time they start gaining numbers, they, they become a little bit more belligerent and evil and sadistic and satanic by the day. Maybe their true colors are starting to show. I don't know. It just seems to happen every single place they go, like clockwork. No, I'm sure there's no correlation at all, though. You know, they're, they're great guys. Great, great guys. Fun guys. Really fun. And, you know, they do all, you know, kind of neat things like this, beheading little children and little girls. And, you know, it's, it's the way they roll. You know, that's, that's how they roll. 
So, it, it's every single country they move into, this garbage happens. They are nothing but pure satanic evil. You look at what they're doing now in, you know, Iraq, through ISIS, and I mean, it's just, I've, I've reported on it over and over and over again. And they have this big protected status in the world because they are near and dear to Satan's heart. They are the apple of Satan's eye, like David was to God. Well, I believe that it's particularly radical Islam, groups like Hamas and ISIS and Boko Haram, and, and the ones that are really, really on, on, on doing the most satanic, wicked evil. They are literally the apple of Satan's eye. And this is why they're given such protected status in the world. And they're, it's like, it's like you know, can't say anything against the gays or lesbians or Planned Parenthood. Well, it's not politically correct. Why? Because Satan's going to protect his own. That's exactly why. Senior Fatah official justifies shooting of Israeli civilians and says there's no innocent Israelis. There's none. They all need to die. Why do you think they would indiscriminately fire one town alone? Ten, over 10,000 rockets. One town alone in Israel. When Sean Hannity was over there, and I'm not endorsing Sean Hannity, but it was like, you know, 90 uh, air raid sirens the one day, 90 to 100 in one day. That's how they live their lives. And this is all land that they gave to Islam because brokering land for peace. It's not land for peace. You give them, you give them land and they just move the rockets in closer. So they could get a better bead on you. Every place has bomb shelters where you have to flee to, you know, umpteen times per day. They're trying to psychologically wear Israel down. Why they gave that land to them, I have no idea. That is the stupidest thing on the planet you could do is say to Satan, you know, Satan, I know you want to annihilate me, destroy me, like your little satanic book says that I got to do. And I know that Yasser Arafat says we're going to drive every single Israeli into the sea and we need to kill every single one of them and annihilate them and, and this and and this and that. And, and that's one of the main tenets of Islam. We know that. But you know what? We think deep down in your black, cold heart, there's a, there's a little spot that we can trust. And we're going to give you a whole bunch of land so you can get I'm sure that when you when you finally get this land, you're finally going to have your eyes open and realize, you know what? I'm going to bury the hatchet here. I'm, I'm not going to to try to kill you guys anymore, kill your women and children, fire rockets indiscriminately at you. No, I'm going to play nice. I'm going to be a good guy, and 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 and, and that you know, you giving us that land, it's going to really pay off. Big time for you, because we're just going to be peaceful. No, exactly the opposite happens every single time. Islam just proves it over and over and over again. Here's another headline. Prominent Islamic cleric justifies the Foley beheading. Um, It says, Islam is a religion of beheading. Thank you for some honesty. Thank you. That was the journalist that was beheaded. And I understand there's all kind of stuff about it was faked even though the the guy actually did get beheaded, but the actual part of it, whatever. The fact is, they're killing and beheading every single day on a massive scale. Okay? Um, it, and yes, is, is Obama 
and them trying to use that to get us into Siri to take it over like they wanted to before, but they couldn't. Yes, true, all true. But is the threat actually real that we actually helped create, at least the American government did, because they've actually supplied them and helped to create them? Yes, that's true. So you have to look at the whole big picture. But they are pure evil, and they are doing these atrocities. Uh, it's it's not just the mainstream media now reporting on it. It's been, you know, the alternative media for a long time. And Christian organizations over there, like ChristianRescue.org, and even Voice of the Martyrs, even though they're totally yoked up with the Catholic Church, I think ChristianRescue.org, they're going to get yoked up with the Catholic Church. I mean, that's the problem with these 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 ministries that, that help other Christians. It seems like every time they end up getting yoked up with the Catholic Church. And Voice of the Martyrs has been for years, you know. And they you, you, you open their publications and it's like you see priests in there and, and they talk about Christians. And there's no differentiation at all. And again, Kean, I don't know, Voice of Martyrs or Martyrs in the keyword search box, I've reported on this, you know. Do they do some good? I'm sure they do. But I just can't give my money to an organization that is in lockstep with the Catholic Church. So, you know, it's it's a real catch-22 on that one. Anyway, let's go further. Um, ISIS sleeper cells in America being ready to carry out terrorist plot. Uh, do you, you do realize that the U.S. funded and trained ISIS, right? Okay, that's a whole other thing. I'm going to be reporting on this probably next week. Uh, Obama uses jihad beheading of American journalists to proselytize for Islam. I mean... Anyway, these are just some of the the uh, headlines this week. So, you know, we we see this statement by this by this um, imam who says a this whole house of one is a sign and a signal to the world that the great majority of Muslims are peaceful and nonviolent. No, you're a fork tongued devil, is what you are. You're a liar, and you know it. All you are is a Trojan horse. You're, all you're trying to do is reach enough people so that people will think, oh, wow, they really are. While we're, okay, but just ignore all the other stuff that's going on on a daily basis with Islam. And the moderate Muslims do nothing to stop that. Nothing. No protests, no nothing. You know, ever notice that? Well, if you're so peaceful, why aren't you going against, well, if the truth be known, it's because that's really what the Quran says and... They're the ones that are really being fundamental to the faith, so what are we going to say? And anyway, if we did say anything, they'd probably lop our heads off. So we're not going to go along with it, even though deep down we really we really want that. Because, I mean, it is what the Quran says. And don't tell me there's not demons at play in these people, even the moderate ones, that are going to ultimately get them all on board with ra- the radicalized, more radicalized versions. I mean, wherever radical Islam takes over, if there was a Muslim, if there was a moderate Muslim majority at one point, it never stays that way. The moderate Muslims never march against the hardcore ones. It's all by design. They're all on the same team. Just one's a Trojan horse and the other guys are actually being true and fundamental to the faith of Islam. They're the ones that are chopping off everybody's heads and committing all of the disgusting sexual crimes they commit. Because, you know, slay, kill, defile the infidel. You're doing a good thing for Allah. He's pleased, well pleased with you because you are of your father the devil and of his lust and of his works you will do. So you're following daddy Satan, essentially. Anyway, let's go further. I'm sorry, I'm really sugarcoating this part of it. I, I gotta, I gotta stop beating around the bush. I know, I know. I agree. 
I'm on your side. Okay? I, 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 I'm guilty. Guilty is charged, my friend. Anyway, let's go further. Um, so, uh, then he goes on to say, it's also, he says, a place where different cultures can learn from each other. Oh, is that kind of like how the Muslims in ISIS and Hamas and Boko Haram, they share their culture by beheading and raping and pillaging. That, that's how they share their culture. It's a, it's a gentle way to share, but they, they share it that way, and, and the world's a much better place for it. I mean, I think we can all agree on that. And then there's the other shoe. The house, um, the house of one is a sign and a signal to the world that Muslims are peaceful and nonviolent. So how absurd is that? For those who can receive it, this is the forming of the one world religion that will be headed up by the Antichrist. This is where the beast and the false prophet will use religion to deceive the masses. This is just one example. Now, then there's another one. A third temple has been built in Brazil by the One World Religion Universal Church. Now open to the public, what does it all mean? In the heart of the city of Sao Paulo, Brazil, stands one of the most amazing sites in the world. Here's a picture of it. It's, yeah, it's impressive. Uh, it's an abomination in God's eyes. So, but, you know, impressive to the eye, sure. Okay. It's a newly constructed replica of Solomon's temple. And it opens soon, well, I think it's already opened. Uh, while this temple is not claiming to be a temple in Jerusalem, it is considered to be an exact replica of the original temple built by Solomon. According to the church's leader, the outside will be exactly the same as which was built in Jerusalem, but with increased dimensions. And this is one, this is a huge news for any biblical prophecy believer, while it's not considered to be the main temple, that will one be desecrated by the Antichrist, it is a replica of that temple. At this point, I do not know the total significance of it, but it's well worth taking note of. The video below dives into the devious details from its founder, Idir Macedo, owner of the Universal Church of the Kingdom of Brazil. Um, again, think one more religion. Macedo is a neo-Pentecostal, also known as a neo-charismatic. Now, I looked this up because I wasn't... Remember, I just talked about the whole Pentecostal thing last week? Well, and how that's... They're already yoking up with the Catholics and how that's really going to be the first really big sect of, quote, Christians that are going to yoke up with the one world religion. Because they are, I believe, by far um, some of the most deceived. I've been there, done it, you know? Okay, Neo-charismatic churches are in a category of churches in the Christian Renewal Movement. The Christian Renewal Movement in incorporates Pentecostal, Charismatic, and Neo-charismatic churches. Neo-charismatics include the third wave churches, but are a broad, but are broad and now more numerous than the Pentecostals, which is the first wave, and the Charismatics, which was the second wave. Pentecostals first wave coming after the Azusa Street, and then you got the more radicalized version of the Pentecostals being the Charismatics. Well, now you have a third wave, these Neo-Pentecostals, which are really nutcases for the most part. I mean, off the deep end. Not saying they can't be redeemed or anything. And again, I said, I've kind of been there, done it. I was in the Charismatic, I never was into this. But this is totally going off the deep end. 
Okay, because think about it. Satan's never going to be satisfied with just one level of apostasy. He's going to want you to go the whole way until literally you're worshiping an image of Baphomet, you know, and sacrificing little infant babies. If, if, if he had his way with everybody, that's where everybody would end up. So, the third wave are a broad and now more numerous than Pentecostals and Charismatics combined. So see, it's not, if this was really a true movement of God, in a wonderful thing, why on God's green earth then is it getting more and more apostate by the minute? And now you've got this third wave which is even bigger than the Charismatics and the Pentecostals combined because they're deceived and they're deluded, that's why. This is owing to the remarkable growth of the post-denominational and independent Charismatic groups. So who is the financier of this monstrosity? Edir Macedo, founder of the Universal Church of the Kingdom of Brazil, Kingdom of Brazil, I like it, has funded the project. Here's a quote from the Universal Church website. Quote, the Universal Life Church Monastery, I, I like the monastery, so I guess you could go there to be a monk as well. They strongly believe in the rights of all people from all faiths to practice their religious beliefs. Spoken by a true apostate heretic devil, lukewarm, you know, as the day is long. Um, so they, they, they respect, strongly believes in the rights of all people from all faiths, including, basically, you know, Satanism. Do what you gotta do, you know. Um, regardless of what those beliefs are. Be they Christian, Jew, Gentile, agnostic, which basically means you don't even believe in God. You're just basically after hidden knowledge. Agnostic. Atheist. Totally don't even believe in a God. So they respect their rights too. Buddhist. Shinto. Pagan. Wiccan. Witch. Druid. Even more hardcore witch. And even dignity Catholics. So as long as they do not infringe upon the rights of others and are within the law of the land and one's conscience. So basically anything goes in basically one world religion. You know? I mean, how much more pathetic of a statement could you have on a church website to totally show the world that you are nothing but a reprobate, heretical death cult? You know? We, and then it goes on to say, this is their own website, we ordain ministers, priests, rabbis, rabbis, and clergy worldwide who are totally non-religious or even anti-religious. We have no religion. We don't even know what we worship. We just worship air. I mean, what does that mean? This may seem contradictory, but we are looking to change the negative perceptions of religion, faith, and spirituality by encouraging people to take control Stand up and speak truth. Speak truth. You don't even know what you believe in, it sounds like. How can you speak truth based on what? It sure ain't based on the Bible. Based on your opinion? Well, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I mean, that's actually the backbone of this church. That's what they, you know... I, I mean... This, it shows a picture, I guess this is the actual congregation. 
and I don't know if this is the temple before they've actually opened it, but I mean, it is a big area inside, and it shows all of these, I guess they're priests, women, men, and they look like they're all in, like, going to karate lessons, and they're, they look like they're in the geese that you wear in karate, or karate, oh, sorry, anyway, um, and they're all wearing, they look like geese, and they're all gold belts, now, you know, karate and taekwondo, they have their own different progressions of belt, the belt system, Start out white belt, and then depends on what one. Well, these are all gold belts. I didn't, I didn't even realize that that existed in martial arts, a gold belt. Well, anyway, they're all in their, their respective um, uh, martial art geese with gold belts on, and they're all worshiping toward the front of the, of the church in one big, happy, apostate, demon-possessed family. So let me back up just a little bit. It says... Um, we encouraging people to take control, stand up, speak truth to power by fearlessly stating their personal religious beliefs, whatever, basically, they may be. <laughs> I mean, I've never even seen a, a and, and these are basically, I mean, here you are, here is a great example of the slippery slope, the progression of you know, early on, and I, I believe in Pentecostal and even charismatic churches, you, you could have gotten saved. But now it's progressed so bad where you couldn't walk into this church and ever have any hope of getting saved. I mean, if you uh, brought a Bible in there, they'd probably try to shoot you with a silver bullet and, like, put garlic out to try to, like, like you're a vampire or something. You know? I mean, I guarantee they don't have pew Bibles, you know, they probably have the satanic Bible in the pews at this point, you know. I mean, this is just total, total insanity here. Now, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14.33 that, For God is not the author of confusion. This is confusion, if I've ever heard of confusion, in a so-called Christian church. Because, again, they, they say that they're, you know, neo-Pentecostal. 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen through 15 says, and this would apply to this devil pastor guy, Macedo, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light, therefore it is no great thing, if his ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness, which is what we're seeing here. These are, this is Satan's minister, okay? Trying to appear as a minister of righteousness. I mean, talk about no fear of God. A guy like this literally leading thousands and thousands and thousands of people straight to hell. Having all that blood on your hands when you get to hell. Oh, man, that is scary. You know? Think about that. Think, I mean, he, I'm sure he's got it real good in this life, but it's not going to benefit him one iota in hell and then the lake of fire. Far, far worse for somebody like him because he, it wasn't just like he lived a bad life and and um, didn't influence anybody really to go to hell. He influenced thousands. 
and thousands of people. Ezekiel twenty two twenty five. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion ravening the prey. They have devoured souls. This is what churches like this do. They devour your soul. And it's not a church even. They have taken the measure and the precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst thereof. And again, another verse that would apply to this this type of abomination of a of a whatever you want to call it. Mark 7.13, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition. Talk about, I mean, the word of God's of none effect at a place like this. This is where all of these denominations, I believe, that would call themselves Christians that are yoked up with the government are all going to end up. The mainstream denominations, they're all going to end up this way. And even, I believe, the smaller ones. And you're not going to be able to meet in a church building in the future because there's going to be persecution and it's not like you're going to be able to go to that anyway. Not to true believers. Yeah, sure, you can go meet in your you can go meet in your apostate house of hell. Yeah, worship Satan. Sure, as long as you accept the terms of the new world order and the one world religion under any Christ and false prophet, sure. But true born-again Bible-believing Christians aren't going to be able to meet at churches. In, in the future, there'll be the laws will be in effect where you couldn't do that, and that's it's getting that way anyway, and we're going to be discussing that later. And then the persecution that will come after the law, after these types of real churches are outlawed, it's just it's just a matter of time. Considering it was built by the universal church and promotes the unification of all faiths. I believe it is a huge step towards the one world religion and could eventually be a place of prayer for all religions. Um, and then the Bible says in Second um, uh, Thessalonians 2, verse 3 and 4, Let no man deceive you by any means that for that day shall not come, and that day they're referencing here is the catching away of the church. Okay, So whether you're pre- mid-trib, pre-wrath, post, it says that day will not come, the catching away of the church, except they're coming falling away first. Okay? Falling away, which translated apostasy, of the church. And that man of sin be revealed. So you got to have both of those things happening before the catching away of the church, regardless of what your belief on the rapture is. The son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Well, when does that happen? Well, most likely the midpoint of the tribulation, which this is referred to as the abomination of desolation that Jesus talked about in Matthew 24. When the Antichrist goes in there and basically proclaims himself to be God, defiling the temple and the holiest of holies, the temple's going to be rebuilt. Did you know that? The third temple's going to be rebuilt. No, it's not true. Because I would have known about it. Well, maybe you didn't know about this. 
that I'm going to be talking about in the next um, part here. So, let's get into this next report. Israel getting ready to rebuild the third temple. Tisha B'Av 2014, this is the title of the story, The Children Are Ready. Okay, so I got this from the Temple Institute the other day. I've been on their email list for years. Temple Institute is a Jewish organization dedicated to rebuilding the third temple. Okay, uh, this is the generation. Catch a glimpse of the rebuilding of the holy temple. Watch now and share. You can watch the little commercial they've got. It's all really, oh, awe-inspiring, and oh, let's link arms and join hands and sing kumbaya and dance around a campfire together. The whole nine yards, you know? And uh, it says, when will the Holy Third Temple be, be rebuilt? The old school thinks it will only happen in the distant future, when everyone is united by unconditional love. I see a lot of Bible for that regarding the times that we're living in, the end times, going into the tribulation. I see a lot of Bible for everybody being united in unconditional love. I really do. I don't know about you, but, you know, when when I read the Bible, that's all I see. I mean, oh, actually, that's pretty much, I see the opposite. But uh, anyway, but that the future is now. Today's youth are already linking arms together. And then remember, the, Bi- the Bible says blindness in part has happened to Israel. This is in the New Testament, I believe in Romans. Blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. They are collectively, as a nation, blind. Okay? This is why you're not seeing massive amounts of Jews being saved right now. Now, the Bible says that one-third of the Jews in the end times, going through the tribulation and Zechariah, will be saved. They will be brought through the fire and tried as silver, as tried and tried, and, and a third of them will be saved. Two-thirds will perish. Okay? So they have not collectively had their eyes open yet because the fullness of the Gentiles has not come in yet, meaning all the Gentiles that are, not every one, I believe, but pretty much the harvest of the Gentiles. That fullness hasn't quite come in yet. And when it does, the emphasis is going to more shift back, I believe, to Israel. Not to say it's going to totally, like you couldn't get saved, but it seems to be that's the case. They're going to have their eyes open. The Bible says in Zechariah that they're going to all, like basically they're going to have their eyes open, and they're going to look upon the one whom they've pierced, Jesus Christ, and mourn for him as one who mourns for their only begotten son. They're going to finally have their eyes opened, at least a third of them. Maybe they all will, but maybe just two-thirds will still say, no, I'm, I'm still not going to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm just not going to. They're saying, but this future's now. Today's youth are already linking arms together and putting aside all differences, ready to rebuild. It is the inspiration of the Holy Temple itself with its promise of hope and peace that brings together all people in unity. (laughs) Yeah. One world religion under Antichrist. This is the generation that will rebuild the Holy Temple. I just cannot believe how deluded. They look around at Islam, like one town, 10,000 rockets. Islam literally frothing at the mouth. In the one town alone, they had dug, oh, I mean, all through the Gaza Strip into Israel. They had dug all these 
tunnels, and they were going to come in there and literally kidnap as many people as they could kidnap, bring them back, kill them, slaughter them, and also do hostage hostage exchanges. 10,000 rockets into one city, over 10,000, into one city alone since, like, I don't know, 2002 or something. And they think that Islam is going to change all of a sudden, and everybody's going to be united in unconditional love. I mean, I'm sorry, but that is delusion. Total delusion. And again, a lot of it, I believe, is because they have been blinded collectively. When they said, give us Barabbas, crucify Jesus to Pilate, let his, meaning Jesus' blood, be upon us and our children, they brought a collective curse on themselves that has persisted to this day. Look at the Holocaust. Look at how they've been persecuted. Since then, they haven't had a good time since Jesus Christ got persecuted. I'm not being any Semitic. I'm stating to you what happened in the Bible. I even did a study on this. And and you know I'm always up here, you know, de- defending them against Islam in particular. Doesn't mean I think that just because you're born Jewish, you're saved. Like John Hagee teaches his followers, ethnic salvation. Try to have balance when it comes to talking about well, hopefully all subjects, but but Israel. So, um, I believe if you clean afflictions, Israel, you'll probably find it. The the reason for uh, the biblical reasons for Israel's afflictions. Study I did a long time ago. I just go through the Bible and see what it says. It says, join our Indiegogo campaign, make the future, build the holy temple. I I know that there's a lot of. Um, Christians that have probably donated hundreds, thousands, maybe some millions of dollars to making all of this happen. You know, I don't think I really want my money going to a third temple where they're going to reinstitute animal sacrifice and none of the whatever's going to go on in the third temple is actually going to point people to Jesus Christ and actually it's going to be there the very place where the Antichrist comes in and commits the abomination of desolation. I really don't think I want my money going to something like that. You know? But there's literally Christian organizations like with Hagee and these, these devils that are encouraging their followers or whatever to do this. Let's go further. It goes on to say, are you ready for the peace we we all long for in the Middle East? Are you kidding me? You think that rebuilding this third temple, Islam's just going to play nice. I just can't even comprehend where their thought process must be. The third temple in Jerusalem will be the house of prayer for all nations. <laughs> Again, what are we seeing? The common theme here. These common abomination centers where they're going to be a house of prayer for all nations. Every prophet of Israel, without exception, prophesied that the temple would be rebuilt, ushering in a new era of universal harmony and peace. Where does... Well, then again, I'm, I'm using the New Testament, but where does it say that? I mean, are you talking about... Are they getting this confused with, like, the heavenly? You know, or New Jerusalem or something? I, I don't know, because when Jesus talks about it in Matthew 24, when the abomination of desolation is committed, that's not going to be no place of universal harmony and peace. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not going to be that. 
The movement to rebuild the Holy Temple was born almost 2,000 years ago, at the moment of the Second Temple's destruction, I believe 64 AD. After millennia of yearning, only one organization is paving the way for the rebuilding of the Temple. The Temple Institute, located in the old city of Jerusalem, is a research organization dedicated to the, the preparing for the construction of the Third Temple, including the, the uh, recreation of the 60 sacred Temple vessels ready for use once the Temple is rebuilt. These include the high priest's breastplate, featuring the 12 precious stones of the tribes of Israel, the half-ton gold menorah, and the musical instrument of the Levitical choir. I mean, these dudes are taking this really seriously. Now is the time for one of the most ambitious projects yet, completing architecture plans for the actual construction, fusing ancient texts and modern technology, while strictly adhering to the religious requirements set forth in biblical texts. The third temple will also be equipped with every modern amenity. Full computerization, underground parking, temperature controls, elevators, docks for public transportation, wheelchair access, and much, much more. Sounds like an infomercial. You know, (laughs) the third temple with all these modern day conveniences and amenities. Genuine Corinthian leather. You know, I mean, what else? So, if we go further, uh, It is not enough to wait and pray for the third temple. It is a biblical obligation to build it. My comment? Yeah, so the Antichrist can defile it. I mean, Jesus Christ did say that, you know, but I'm not going to say, yeah, you got to rebuild the third temple and and it's going to be... No, uh, Jesus Christ... When he died on the cross, he said it was finished. That was it. No more sacrifice. No more animal sacrifices. And they're going to go back to that. Which is really a slap in the face to Jesus Christ. The whole fact of them rebuilding it for that being one of its main purposes. You know, they've, they've already been over there. They're saying that they've got uh, red heifers without spot or blemish. Without two hairs growing out of the same follicle. It has to be that quote, spotless. I believe they've already got and, and I know, like, the Hagee's organizations and them, they've helped to sponsor that. To breed the spotless red heifers so that they can have the, you know, the ashes when they sacrifice the spotless red heifer, and you have to have it to dedicate the temple, and all this garbage. Jesus Christ paid that debt. Not with the blood of bulls and goats, but the spotless, precious blood of the lamb. Okay? This is all an abomination to Jesus Christ. This is all like slapping him in the face. And you've got, quote, Christian organizations helping to make this happen? Knowing that the Antichrist is going to defile the temple and commit the abomination of desolation? And proclaim himself God there? (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. I'm not giving a dime to that. Is it going to happen? Yes. So, again, let's have balance here. Let's be able to look at this and, you know... (laughs) Where will your money go? The Temple Institute has engaged an architect to map out the modern Third Temple's construction. Your contribution will go towards completing this ambitious project and the continued research and development which will make the Third Temple a reality. So I think we can all sleep a little better tonight because we know this. We know that this is the case and um, we can play we can play footsie with the devil and, and um, I mean, I, I guarantee you the devil is cheering for this project. 
He's like, you know, he's got his pom-poms out, him and his fallen angels and all his demons and devils, and they've all got their little pom-poms out and cheerleaders, and they're cheering for this temple to be rebuilt as well. You know? Because he knows he's got to commit that. Abomination of desolation. Got to happen. <laughs> Sorry. Look who's on the same team as you. If you're wanting this. I mean, if you're actually getting money toward this. Anyway. Next report. Listener comment. One world government and the Jehovah Witnesses. And again, this all ties together. This is from a listener, Matt. He says, you won't believe what we got in the mail. Well, I think it was from a Jehovah Witness. It is an invitation to a, quote, public event. I just got one of these, I think, yesterday. I tore it up. I didn't even want to bring it to my house. I, I, I kind of kicked myself afterward because I'm like, I should have looked at it at least. Anyway, invitation to a public event. These are, a lo- tons of people are getting these, okay, on their doors. It is entitled, A One World Government, and it continues to ask, why do we need one? This is from the Jehovah Witnesses, okay? All the world's religions, all the fake, phony, apostate, heretical, one-world religions with basically Satan at the head of every single one of them, for the most part, particularly if they're corporate, if they're created by the government, okay, they all get corrupted. Even if they started out, let's say, as a born-again, Bible-believing, whatever, they all end up getting corrupted, Pretty much. That I've seen. <laughs> it's an invitation to a public event. It's entitled a, a world government. It continues to ask, why do we need one? Is it possible? Who is qualified to rule? It says that it will answer all these at the public event. You know why? Because they want to get you on their turf. This particularly is how Jehovah Witnesses operate. They want to get you on their turf. You know a big reason they want to do that to you? is because they want the devils and demons that operate on their home turf to start getting into your head. I had a patient a long time ago when I was a baby Christian said he did some work for me, I think on the computer, and he says, I don't want anything from you, I just want you to come over and I want us to have a Bible study. I think his name is Robert. Older guy, much older than me. So I went over to his house, and he had his old Jehovah Witness Bible, New World Translation, under his roof. And he took me to all these obscure texts like they're taught to do in this devil death cult. And he pretty much cleaned my clock. Had me having all kind of doubts about Christianity. By taking me to obscure texts that supposedly I couldn't explain. And again, again, you isolate any scripture out of context. And this is how most cults, pseudo-Christian cults, all get started. Or at least one of the primary methods and means they use to brainwash their people. Then they always have, and inevitably, their, their extra biblical texts, like their Watchtower magazine, which is supposedly angelically inspired. But if it's angelically inspired, why is it predicted the end of the world wrong on every single occasion? So the, the point I bring up to them, because uh, I've engaged them after after this. And I learned a valuable lesson. You don't go, the, the Bible talks about, you know, don't bid a hair to God's speed, essentially. You know, and don't, don't eat with such and one, don't bring them into your house. Well, it says that for a reason, because remember, when they come in your house, they're bringing a whole bunch of devils with them. I'm not saying that, you know, 
you couldn't witness to somebody, but I'm talking about people that are in cults, bringing them into your house and letting them, you know, get into your head or get into the head of your family. Got to be really careful with this stuff. Now, I've done a whole teaching on the Jehovah Witnesses, just can Jehovah exposing exposing them, and um, one of Mormons, Jehovah Witness, and I haven't done one in Seventh-day Adventist yet, but um, that's a that'd be a really big one. Anyway, these are all works-based, pseudo-Christian death cults. That's how I refer to them. They're all taking their adherence to hell. They're all started by some other man or woman that had supposedly some divine, unholy interaction with some angel or God, they they claim. And they start their own little cult. That's how it always happens. <clears throat> so, the brochure says um, that it goes on to ask, Earth's new ruler, who really qualifies? Now, you know they're going to be pointing everybody to the Antichrist eventually. You know, and then it goes on to say, keep seeking first God's kingdom, Matthew 6.33. And then my listener says, by the way, the actual quote from the authorized King James Bible says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. But, you know, they always got to, you know, butcher scripture. I mean, that's part of the devil's plan. The invitation goes on to read that the convention will host an international international delegates and missionaries from around the globe. Oh, boy. It, it is supposed to take place on Sunday, July 25th. Again, this I got this a little bit, but these have been going out for a while. And, and it's supposed to last for three days. Hey, if they can get you to come back the first night, there's a high likelihood they, they got you. Because those devils are already starting to get in, into your system. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought into bondage. And this is spiritual bondage. You don't see the chains. You don't see the devils. It's all about getting you to doubt the word of God, is what it is. Doubt, doubt, doubt. Falling away from the faith. Satan coming and stealing the word of God. Taking away your faith in the word of God. That's what all this is about. That's why I take such offense to this. Because these people, these death cults, literally their sole purpose for Satan's kingdom is trying to get you into hell and the lake of fire. They get you in there for three days. Trust me, that three days is all by design. They, they know one day might not be, probably won't be enough. Three days, they get you to come back three days. Oh, and I guarantee you, even after the first day, they're going to have the fear of whatever devil they're putting into you. You better come back. <laughs> you don't want to end up in a bad place. Because, you know, obviously we're the only cult on the planet that has everything figured out. Because we're so special. Whereas the Bible says the word of God is of no private interpretation. Oh, but this, this devil death cult that just happened to come along in the late 1800s, started by a guy named Charles Taz Russell, who was a high-level occultist, okay, they're the only ones that have the truth. You know, they're the only ones. <laughs> or it's Joseph Smith, you know, who talked to an angel supposedly named Moroni and gave him some golden plates. They're the only ones that have the truth. 
Even though it's a proven fact that they're all Satanists at the very, very top of the food chain. And even the occultists know this. The Satanists. My listener goes on to say, Every day I thank the Lord for bringing me out of that Satanic religion. I used to be a Catholic a long time ago. I, um, I don't know if he's referring to the Jehovah Witnesses he was at one time. I'm not 100% sure, but... Um, even to this day, I believe it was him and him alone that brought me out of it. Well, amen. Amen. It's a big reason I started this ministry, is so people don't fall into this. And I'm not trying to get them to follow me, that's for sure. Okay? The Bible says, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. I'm not trying to make you have, like, Scott Johnson your arm. You're leaning on the arm of Scott Johnson. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You lean on the arms of the Lord Jesus Christ, on the word of God. I'm trying to point you to that, not me. I don't want you to do that. I'm a man. I can fail you, okay? I'm not perfect. And I'm not claiming to be. Yes, are we supposed to strive for biblical perfection? Sure. Yes, but... I'm going to point people to Lord Jesus Christ and his word. Not some denomination, not some religion, which I see no Bible for. Read 1 Corinthians uh, 1, chapter 1. There's contentions among you. Some say, I am of Apollos, I am of Paul, I am of whatever. What is that? That's denominations. It's not biblical. We've got, like, I think over 10,000 pseudo-Christian, or let's say, Pseudo, mostly pseudo, and let's say some are Christians, let's say some of them you can actually still go to get saved. Where's the Bible for that? I just don't see it, you know? Here's an actual copy of the actual handbill that they're giving out. I actually found a copy of it online, if you want to go look at it. I, I have it in green here. So, that's all I have for part one. Let's go ahead and um, end here. And go to part two where we will switch gears. And God bless you. Scott Johnson's 800 plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G for F-O-R truth, T-R-U-T-H dot com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is 2359 Highway 70 Southeast, box number 321 Hickory, North Carolina, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.